prospers forever. And we pray, God, that we might teach the truth, Lord, and speak according to your will, Lord, and build up the body. Lord, we pray for your blessing here upon us this morning. I especially also pray for those that are not among us, Lord. I think especially of Kenrick and Sharon, Lord, as they've been dealing with sickness. Lord, we pray for your grace to be upon them, especially Sharon, Lord, raise her up to health, O oh God, we pray. And any of the others that might be homesick, Father, we pray that you'd touch them. Thank you for caring for us physically, Lord, and, and also spiritually, Lord. And when Jesus walked on the earth, he, did, he, he was concerned for both. He healed the body and also the soul. And Lord, we pray that that could happen this morning as well. Perhaps, Lord, some are home because they're sick, but what if there's some here and spiritually sick, Father? And you alone know that, God, and we ask you as a great physician to touch those hearts, Lord, that might be sick spiritually, bring healing, Lord, and uh, restoration to life, Lord. Oh, God, I pray for that. Thank you for life, Lord. We uh, pray for those that have lost loved ones and experienced death, God. We pray for the Amos Burkholer family, Lord, that uh, lost their father. We pray for, and, and husband, we pray for the family. We pray that the peace of Jesus would rule in their hearts, Lord. <clears throat> and they would, they would come, if they don't know you personally, Lord, they would come to know you in a real way. Lord, also uh, another young man in our community, Cameron White, that was killed in an accident. Pray for his family. That, uh, Lord, the, the seriousness of life would settle down upon their hearts, Lord. And the result, end result would be salvation. God, this is our prayer. So, Lord, bless this, this service. Bless this message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> well, greetings to everyone this morning. <clears throat> In Jesus' precious name, isn't that a blessing that we can greet each other in Jesus' name? How are you all doing? Don't expect you all to answer that, but uh, in your hearts you can, I hope. Before the Lord, how are you all doing? In light of eternity, how are you all doing? <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of a diversion this morning from the home messages. Felt led that way because of uh, a number of things that happened. My dad passing away, and then Amos here in the neighborhood, and also Cameron Smith and uh, White, Cameron White in Kelowna. So I felt the Lord maybe leading me that way to just consider these things this morning. Consider eternity. Consider, consider, I'll give you the title, Really Living for Jesus. In light of all the deaths, 
what else really matters. It was Tuesday morning, December the 18th. Yes, that's when Cameron died, but the accident must have happened maybe Monday, or I'm not sure exactly when the accident happened in Kelowna, but Cameron White went to work, a 27-year-old man. I don't think he was married. I saw his obituary, and I recognize his face. He worked for, I believe, Coonster Plumbing. Have you, do you recognize that name, Daniel? Cameron White, he lived in, in uh, Kyoto, and he was uh, repairing a tire, a Kelowna tire, and he was blowing up an old rusty rim, and that thing came apart and hit him in the face and did great damage to his face. He was rushed to the hospital and put on life support. I understood he was on there for two days, and then, and then they took him off and probably had died right away or soon after it happened. But he, 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 uh, he went to meet his maker. He went to meet his maker, 27 years old. Um, before that, I should have got Amos first, I guess. Since that, I should say, just this past Wednesday. And I have a little writing that they wrote up about Amos here, and I won't read the whole thing. Just a little bit to save time here. On Wednesday, December 19, Amos had planned to cut wood with Elias on a neighboring wood lot. They were not far from home. So they were all able to be at home for dinner that day, which had not happened often the last while since Amos had been helping to build his dad's new house. After dinner, he told the boys that wanted to go Christmas caroling that evening that they could take a nap. Amos and Gerald, along with Eli and son Laverne, went back to cutting wood. Amos wanted to fell this one tree, but had cut off some branches in order that it should fall the right way. He put a ladder against the tree and tied the top end to the tree. Then he proceeded to cut off the branches. No one knew that the death angel was hovering nearby. Since Eli and Gerald were nearly 100 feet away, no one really saw what happened. But Gerald noticed that the saw had stopped and thought Amos had just come down off the ladder. Gerald had also seen a dark object falling, but thought it was only a branch. When everything remained quiet, he went to investigate and found Amos lying on the ground. He called for Eli to come and help, and and went, and when he checked for a pulse, he could find none. Eli ran to the buildings to tell the rest where, while Gerald stayed with Amos. Emergency help was summoned and was soon there, but life had already fled. A divine call had been answered. Later, the evidence showed that his neck had been broken. That was December December the 19th, this past Wednesday, Tuesday, this Cameron died. Tuesday, December the 4th, my dad took his last breath. 89 years old, and that is just something to think about. He lived and breathed for 89 years, and on the Tuesday, December the 4th, he took his last breath. And so I, I remind us of these things, not that I, I know we all know these things, but just 
maybe this morning that they would maybe serve as a reality check for us. I guess my, my uh, thoughts to divert from the message were just confirmed with what Jonathan said this morning and even the children's lesson, that we would do a deep heart search this morning. Not that I necessarily have anyone particular in mind, but brothers and sisters, we are one breath away from eternity. Standing before our maker, our God. Ecclesiastes 12:7 says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. I don't know if we think about this very often, but even our very breath is lent to us from the Lord. That's not even ours. God made this body and you became you and I became me. And God, it says, formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And that breath at the moment Amos dropped, at the moment Cameron was killed, the moment my dad took his last breath, flew back to God from whence it came, from, from who gave it. God said after Adam and Eve sinned there, a part of the curse, he said, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of the ground was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So, just, just a reality check this morning. You know, Jonathan talked a lot about money, and I probably won't talk so much about that, but a few other things that the Lord, I believe, gave me to talk about. <clears throat> And I'm not so much going to directly focus on dying and death as I am on living and life. And what we are here for and what we are living for and, and what we should be doing with the very breath that God gave to us. And just remind us of the reality of that and what we are doing with that. And, and yes, we're, as far as I know, none of our members of this body died that we don't know of, but it could happen. You know, you can take your last breath so quick and it could be over for you. And, and I guess going back to my dad and, and just thinking of, of uh, as, I, as I thought of that, I guess for me, what came to me was, what do I want to do with my life? For dad, it's over. We know that. It's, it's past. His book is written. It's closed. It's over. But what do you and I want to do with our life for the Lord? And so what if it would have been you or me on the ladder? Or what if it would have been you or me blowing up that tire and the next thing we know we're, we're in eternity So I want us to think about these things this morning as we consider living for Jesus.
Paul said, for in him we live and move and have our being in Acts 17. In Jesus we live and move and have our being. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth no longer live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. We read that in 2 Corinthians 5.15. Brothers and sisters, are we living and moving and having our being in Christ? If we are, the character and nature and person of Jesus is what is coming out of us. If we are living and moving and having our being in Christ, we do not believe in split personalities. We do not believe that you can be two people at the same time. We do not believe that we can have the testimony of Jesus and yet live like the devil or live like the world. We do not believe that works. Amen? So if we believe that we live and move and have our being in Jesus, then we should see the fruits of the Spirit coming out of our lives. And so how is it this morning with your heart? How is it? Are we living unto ourselves or unto the Lord? As Paul said to the Corinthians, if he died for all, And that he died for all, he died for all, that they which live should no longer or henceforth live unto themselves. What am I living for? What am I living for, young people? Young people can die. 27 years old. Glenn Gaiman fell from the the windmill back in, in July 2017. 24 years old in a flash. He was gone. What am I living for this morning? What gets me going? What do I spend most of my time thinking about? Reality check. For Paul, after a quite dramatic experience... Later on, his testimony was, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. It doesn't really matter to me if I live or die. I'm so wrapped up in Jesus, I want Jesus so bad, that if he allows me to live, I'll live. But my motivation, my drive, my song, my words, my testimony is Christ. It's Christ. He told the the Colossians, And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. That verse comes out of a rather lengthy appeal to the Christians to live for the Lord with all their heart. He sums it up. Whatever you do, in word, in deed, do everything for the Lord. You can open your Bibles to Colossians 3 and we'll look at that. And we'll read from 1 down to 17 where he just says that verse. Whatever you do, In word or deed, do everything for the glory of God or for the Lord.
Colossians chapter 3. And just let's all personally. My appeal is to us personally. This morning. To do a reality check. How is things really with me? If ye then be risen with Christ, if ye profess Christ, if you say you're a Christian, if you have been baptized, if you have a testimony of Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And brothers and sisters and young people, this, I find it for myself, does not naturally happen automatic. These things take exercise. You need to press in. You need to focus on Christ. You need to make Him the lily of your valley. Amen? You need to make Him your bright and morning star. You need to find promises. You need to look at verses. And you need to see things of this world uh, the, you know, as fading away. We need to do that from time to time. You need to look at your buildings and your cars and sisters, your dresses and all those things that we struggle with. And we need to look at them and say they're, they're but a fleeting moment. And we need to look at these things and, and then we need to look away. We need to look to Christ and where we find true peace. Because these other things don't do that. They don't give us any peace. And you need to take your heart that is so quick to go after this and go after that and go after this and go after that. And you need to take your heart and set it on things above. Heaven, eternity, songs, you know, serving the Lord, things above. Set your affection on things above. Not on things on the earth. We heard this morning in Jonathan's message, it needs to go deeper than just keeping the commandments. That rich young ruler, he did a lot of things right. Brothers and sisters, do you love the Lord this morning? Is your affection on him really? How is it? For if you're a Christian and I'm a Christian, ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Go after your life in Christ. Look at it. He is your life. Make him big. Talk about him. Tell someone that Jesus died for me. And I get to go to heaven and see him someday. And I was saved from my sin. And I have a purpose to live for. When was the last time that you testified for your love for the Lord? Because he's coming back. When Christ who is our life shall appear, verse 4, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And I would like to, to suggest this morning, brothers and sisters, it should be a rather smooth transition for the Christian. It should go from a life of faith, having our affections on things above, seeing the things of this world for what they are, and when the trumpet sounds, Hallelujah! No time to get our house in order then. No time to quick hide things that we wish we wouldn't have had. That has all been taken care of today.
because you don't have the promise of tomorrow, dearly beloved. I don't want anyone here to meet God unprepared. I'm just going to give you a little bit. Cameron White's obituary. Uh, yeah. After the funeral, they all met at a, at a restaurant for dining, dancing, and I forget what the third one was. It'll sound good to me. Drinking, dining, dancing, and drinking, I believe it said. He goes on to say here, and this is what we're endeavoring to do this morning, verse 5, mortify, deaden, kill the members of your body that want to make you fornicate, that make you do unclean things, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, and any covetous spirit in us, which is idolatry. We heard about that this morning. Dearly beloved, if we love our money more than the Lord Jesus, or we covet, then that is idolatry. That's a little idol in our hearts. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. It talks about the past life. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing ye put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Amen. Amen, Brother Vernon. Amen, brothers. We put on the new man, which is created after Christ. And we live in him and move in him and have our being in him. Are you with me, brothers? We're talking about eternity. Where there's no difference. All Greek. Circumcision, uncircumcision, verse 11, barbarian, Scythian, bond, free, but Christ is all in it all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, the fruits of the Spirit here. Bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any... Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Let the peace of God ruin your hearts. Let the peace of God ruin your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Look at verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom. Oh, brothers and sisters, are we doing this? Are we doing this? Are we meditating on the word daily? Most parts of the day are our thoughts in heaven. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Then he wraps it up. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. That should be our lifestyle. There's many, many more verses like that. 
We don't have time for them all. I have a question for us to consider this morning. What does it mean to live for Jesus? For Saul, later called Paul, it meant a 180 degree turn in his life. That's what it meant for Saul. He went from trying to destroy those who believe to being one of those who believed. That's what it meant for Saul. For the disciples, it meant forsaking everything to follow Jesus. That's what it meant to them. For the little boy, it meant giving up his few loaves and fishes to Jesus. For Zacchaeus, it meant settling the, setting the record straight. Making restitution where he had wronged people. Wherever he needed. That's what it meant to live for Jesus for Zacchaeus. For Mary, it meant sitting at the feet of Jesus. For the rich young ruler whom Jesus loved, it meant Jesus wasn't precious enough to him. And he forsook him. For every Christian, it means to daily take up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow in his steps. Do what Jesus would do. Now maybe that seems a little bit fuzzy, that we would actually do what Jesus would do. Because he was God and he was man. And sometimes I know we occupy those thoughts. Can we really live like Jesus? But I think we can. One thing I appreciate very much about Brother Gary Miller's books and writing. And especially the one, It's Not Your Business. Was the balance that he brought. In It's not wrong to work. It's right to work. But Jesus should have first priority in our businesses. We should run our businesses according to the principles of the word of God and make money and have money to give. And I appreciated that so much. And so I would borrow that same, whatever you want to call it, plea, that though we know our failures and though we know how far from perfect we are, Let's not make any excuses, but endeavor to live like Jesus. I have number two here. Number one, what does it mean to live like Jesus? We looked at that, what it costs those, what it meant for those in the Bible. Number two, living for Jesus means living like Jesus. A, Jesus had and maintained a clear relationship with his heavenly father. At the age of 12, he knew his father's business. 12. At the age of 12, he knew his heavenly father's business. At the wedding of Cana, he knew the time had come for him to work miracles. And he started. At Calvary, or just before that, He knew his work was finished. And in 1 John 17, he prayed, Father, the hour has come. And on the cross, he prayed, it is finished. How is it with me? How is is it with you, brother and sister? Are you born again? You cannot live like Jesus if you're not born again. You cannot. 
You can be a good person, and that's good and right, but you cannot live like Jesus if you are not born again. You need the life and spirit of God in you to live like Jesus. And if you're not born again, you cannot know God like Jesus knew his Father. How is it with you? Are you born again? Do you? Is God speaking to you about being born again? And then secondly, to us who are born again, am I maintaining that relationship with God? Jesus had a prayer life. Point B here under this point two. Second point under point two. Jesus had a prayer life. His disciples knew where Jesus went to pray. They knew where they knew the spot. Jesus prayed about everything. He said, I always do the will of my Father. And so he went to pray. For big decisions like choosing his disciples, he prayed all night. Sometimes he travailed in prayer, praying repeatedly one, two, three times for the same thing like in Gethsemane. Brothers and sisters, how are my prayers how are they, brothers? Do you have a prayer life like Jesus? Do people know where you pray? Do you pray about everything? For big decisions, do you pray extra prayers, not just along the way? And do you sometimes travail in prayer? Do I have a prayer life? Reality check. Do I have a place of prayer? Do I pray about everything? Do I pray more and wait longer till the answer comes for big decisions? Do I travail in prayer? We're talking about Bible principles. We're talking about where Jesus said men should always pray. We're talking about the life of Jesus, and we're talking about here, sitting here this morning, and we're talking about the possibility of one of us dying and going to meet with God, and we're talking about giving account what we have did with our life. We're doing a reality check this morning. Point number three under uh, C. Jesus had a loving relationship with his Father. Turn with me to John 23 for this. What did I say? John 23, sorry, John 17. <clears throat> Jesus had a loving relationship with his father. John 17, verse 23. He, we know this is his high priestly prayer here. And uh, we're just going to break in. And, and, and consider these verses, verse 23 of John 17. I in them, well, maybe we can do 22. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. Think about it, brothers and sisters. The glory which thou hast given me, I have given them that they may be one, 
even as we are one. I in them, Jesus in us, thou in me, the Father in Jesus, that they, we, may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved us, them, me, you, as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. The Father proclaimed proclaim from heaven, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Reality check. How's my relationship with the Heavenly Father? Is it loving? Is it vibrant? Is it up to date? Is it cool? Is it distant? Is it strained? Is it occasional? Is it only when I need it? Is it fearful? Is it apprehensive? God wants us to have a loving relationship with him. That's the place you want to get to. And if you don't have one, I urge you to get one. Or just to figure out what is it that is standing in the way between me and understanding my Heavenly Father as a loving Father. Fear has torment. God has not given us the spirit of fear. God wants us to, to relate to Him in a loving, blessed, personal, and even maybe intimate way. How is it, brothers? How is it? And sisters, living for Jesus is living like Jesus. D, Jesus was kind. He was kind. Am I kind? If I want to live for Jesus, then I need to live like Jesus. He said about himself, I am meek. And that means gentle. I'm meek and lowly in heart. Jesus blessed children. He loved sinners and he died for them. In Luke 6.25, he taught us to love our enemies, to do good, to lend, hope for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he, God, is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Are we kind or do we have an unkind spirit about us? Would you let Jesus take that away? And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake forgave you. How are my actions? Reality check. How are my reactions? Are they kind? How are my words? Living like Jesus. Point E. 
Jesus forgave those who wronged him. Am I following Jesus in, in this area? Do I have any unforgiveness in my life? Any unforgiveness? Do I hold any grudges towards anyone? Do I harbor bitterness towards anyone? The death angel could be hovering He really could. How is it? <clears throat> of course, I didn't know Amos very well. I met him a few times, and I didn't know his family very well. Met the boys a few times, and I don't think I ever met his father, but as we went through the... Uh, the line there, I, of course, gave him my sympathies and said, I'm so sorry for, for their loss. And yeah, they were all broken up and crying, but he said, for him, it's gain. And that's what we want for everyone here. Children, are you hiding anything from your parents? Are you hiding sin in your life? no one knows about? Young, is there any person here that has fallen on the internet and you have not gotten free from that thing yet? Is there anyone here like that? You know. You've fallen too far and you've not gotten clear. Don't wait. Don't wait. Are you at peace do you have peace, dearly beloved? Are you at peace? Jesus is a prince of peace. He's the king of peace. Peace. Living like Jesus is to have peace. Because he is peace. He is the essence of peace. He said, peace I leave you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Are you at peace, brothers and sisters? Do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with yourself? Are you at peace with others? Are you at peace with your children? Are you at peace with your spouse? Are you at peace with your parents' children? Young children, are you at peace with your parents? It's very serious. Very, very, very serious. And maybe for us Christians living for Jesus, are we peacemakers? Are we willing to step out and help someone else find peace with God? There's brothers and sisters at enmity with each other. Are we willing to make peace? Being a peacemaker, or even with, with myself, or you know, if, if the, the offense is towards me or towards you, are you, am I willing to be a peacemaker or do I, do I hold it out? Hold it out. And then the death angel comes. He could. 
Right, Laverne? He could. He could come visiting Laverne the other night, and he said, I, I think I'll be here when Jesus comes, but if not, I'm sure you'll be here, or the next generation, <laughs> something like that. Well, we don't know that for sure, but we know for sure the death angel could, could call anyone, anytime. And how is it with your soul? If you were laying in the box, and it was you, and your name was on the obituary, and your testimony was being written, how is it? I'd like to give an invitation in case someone wants to go pray. And I'd like to read a song in that invitation. We won't sing it, I don't think. Maybe we'll pray first, and then I'm going to read this song, and then I'm just going to open it up for if there's anyone here that would like to go upstairs and pray together with us, with a few of us or whatever, and confess, open up your life, whatever the case may be. Living for Jesus, a life that is true, striving to please him in all that I do, everything, yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free, this is the pathway of blessing for me. Living for Jesus, who died in my place, bearing on Calvary my sin and disgrace, such love constrains me to answer his call, follow his leading, and give him my all. Every room of my heart. To open the door to every room. Living for Jesus through earth little while, and some it's shorter than others. My dearest treasure, the light of his smile. That's your testimony. You want his smile more than money, fame, recognition, prestige. You want Jesus' smile. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. You did it right. You stood for the truth. My dearest treasure, the light of his smile, seeking the lost ones he died to redeem, bringing the weary to find rest in him. O oh, Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to thee, for thou in thine atonement didst give thyself for me. I owe no other master. My heart shall be thy throne. My life I give henceforth to live. O Christ, for thee alone. Maybe I'll change my mind. We will sing a song, but let's rise for prayer first. <clears throat> let's pray. Lord, we, we feel that you orchestrated this morning, Lord, by even the opening message, Lord, and, and then the children's lesson, that Jesus sees everything. He sees everything. And then the message here, living for Jesus. Lord, I pray that that would be the motivation when we rise up in the morning. Going to work, 
living for Jesus, doing it Jesus' way, working the way Jesus would work. And Lord, all these other things we heard and looked at this morning, God, and I pray as we do a reality check, Lord, I pray that if there's someone that needs to respond, then go and pray and confess some things, confess your faults one to another and be healed, the Bible says, and, and, and uh, find peace with God. Lord, I pray for this. You have your own way, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing 923. And uh, if you uh, feel convicted, you, you come forward. You kneel at the altar, and we'll go and pray together. What did I say? Thank you. Have thine own way, Lord. Amen. Have thine own way, Lord.